Welcome to the ministry of Mercy Seat Ministries and evangelist Pat and Karen Jackson. We believe that the message you are about to hear will mightily change your life. Open your heart, mind, and spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. We must declare it to the next generation. I believe yesterday was such an injection of revelation and information. And I believe uh, today you're going to get it with a little bit more double portion from all the other speakers that are coming. Um, I'm so excited. Pat, I, I, I really felt that. And, and as a matter of fact, it was about five minutes prior to when, when you came by to me that I really felt the Holy Spirit. Where is Pat? Did he just take it? There he is. Um, that I, I really heard the Holy Ghost say, this has to be done regionally. Um, and let me explain why. Um, you don't get many conferences like this that concentrate on a certain age group and the purpose of it is to impart and is to build the kingdom generationally. Um, listen, I, 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 I come from many camps and I've been a part of many different camps in my 22 years of ministry and uh, I've been in, in, in circles that, you know, I will never mention names, that um, started out strong, blew up, and then blew out. Um, I've been a part of some nasty stuff in the kingdom of God, and I've been a part of some very powerful things. And, and I, I've noticed one thing. <clears throat> what gets more persecution, what becomes not popular, is when pastors and apostolic leaders uh, begin to pour into the generations that are coming. It's just not the popular thing to do in the kingdom. And uh, you'll see more conferences about all kinds of other sub subject matters and whatnot, but you don't hear much about this, especially if the guest speakers are doing their pro bono. It got, got quiet all of a sudden. Either Pat's an incredible salesman, and the biggest shyster ever that can convince people just to come and pour their hearts and invest into the next generation. Or God's just totally involved in this. I think the greatest miracle is to gather all these pastors and, and, and tell them you're not going to get paid. I think that's the first miracle. <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> well, I think I was one of them. But anyway. Um, <laughs> It doesn't matter. This is what I love. Now, you don't know me. You don't know me, and not, right now you're trying to check me out. You're trying to figure out who, who is this guy. I am Puerto Rican, and uh, I, 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 I grew up, I, I, grew up I, I came out of my mother's womb playing baseball. And uh, at the age of 18, I turned down a, uh, a contract with the Toronto Blue Jays to go to Southeastern Bible College. Now, why the heck would I do that? I don't know. I've questioned myself many times, but, <laughs> but, I, um, but I did because the call of God was very, very strong in my life. Extremely strong that in my sophomore year of, of the college that I was playing for, I, I absolutely lost my love for it and um, went into uh, Bible college. Now, I got saved um, in my senior year of high school, and immediately I was thrusted into what we call right now the apostolic prophetic movement. Um, I'm, I'm an independent. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'm just not denominational. Um, and I went to a denominational school, and, and my first friends in ministry were all denominational, and everybody thought I was weird. 
I've been in this stuff for now 23 years, and uh, um, I was in the apostolic when the apostolic wasn't popular. I was in the apostolic and the prophetic when, when my own professors and my own friends laughed at me because I, you know, they just thought I was an absolute heretic and a weirdo. Um, just a little bit about me I, just so I can get going so you can get to know me and not wonder about me. Um, just give me just a quick, few quick things, little highlights. I've, uh, plant, I've been a part of four church plants, planted four churches, uh, traveled just about every major city in the United States, carrying a cross, preaching the gospel, seeing the, seeing the cancer disappear in my hands, and I've seen the eyes of the blind open, I've seen people in wheelchairs come up, blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. Um, just to show, so, we, so we can connect a little bit and kind of wonder why is Pat had this guy up here. Um, four years ago, I was in a hub. I started a hub, and four years ago, I, I don't think Scott's here, but I thought that message was absolutely powerful. Um, it's only powerful if you're in a hub or, or if you just came out of a hub. For all those who are not in hubs yet, <laughs> it don't mean anything to you. But it will later. I spent, I, I've been in a four-year hub that it took Pat believe it or not, after 20 years of not communicating for him to contact me and hook up with me, and he hooked me up with, connected me with um, Jim and Becky Hennessy, and it, 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 it's this relationship that pulled me out of that hub, and it has me here today. God's done great things in our life. We're pastor a great church in Miami. We're trying to reach Miami with all, with all of our might. We've been there 12 years, planted a church there from there. Uh, we've planted two other churches, one in Peru and one in Central Florida. God's doing great things in our lives. I got my beautiful wife back there in the back. Mama, you go ahead and raise your hand. There she is. The love of my life. Um, I have four kids. Four kids. I got one girl right now that pray for her. She auditions for Adam's Family on Broadway next week, and she's got to land that one. I want her to land that one. Will you, will you pray for Calista? Say yes. In the name of Jesus, land the job. Good, so I don't have to send any more money. Um, the, the, <laughs> I, have, I have another boy who's, who's about to go into film school who, who took a part of in, in an independent film. His name is Zane. I have a, another son who, at the age of 15, just got um, a scholarship uh, to be in the pre-professional division of the Miami City Ballet. And uh, he, is, he, he, he dances ballet, but extremely heterosexual for all those who have no idea what the arts is. <laughs> I grew up that way. You know, if you played in the band or dance, you were gay. You were heterosexual if you played football, baseball, basketball. I mean, that's just how I grew up. And I'm telling you, this mindset is very, very strong still, especially in the South. But nevertheless, my son is a uh, extremely heterosexual and a phenomenal ballet dancer. And I want to see him um, um, flourish in his career. And I have another little boy who sings, acts, and dance, and uh, Phenomenal tap dancer, and I, I think I think that one's going to go into the ministry. I think. You know, if people ask me, Manny, um, why you know your kids not going into the ministry? I, I tell them, well, wherever they are, it's the ministry. We need people in all seven mountains that can that, that can penetrate darkness. My daughter, right now in New York City, it's a light wherever she goes. And so, praise the Lord. I thought Pastor Sawyer did a phenomenal job yesterday and the passing of the baton message i believe everybody's gonna get the, a, an opportunity to purchase or get the uh, cds dvds put them on podcasts and online very good 
Um, I, would, I, I, I would advise you just to make sure you get that, because I, I, that's kind of what I want to touch on a little bit here. And I, and I got to get started because Pat's giving me 40 minutes, and that means I'm going to give him 15 on Sunday, um, just, so, just, so, just for that. And, uh, and I'm going to tell him, this is my house, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to give you an offering. <laughs> I think I should, I, I should reciprocate, you know, the whole deal. Say, Pat, do it out of your life. We're pouring into a city, Pat. We're pouring into a city. We need the power of God in Miami. Will you come and, 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 and impart to the lives of the people who are in the, the least evangelized area in the United States, Dade County? Whoo. Call my administrator. Just, just get all that offering and put it in my, uh, uh, put it in my um, retirement fund. All right. I want to talk about fathers and sons. I, I grew up in the apostolic. I, 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 the hub that I experienced was that after 20 years, my relationship with my spiritual father went south. And it went south because I got to really be careful. This is very, very prominent. But it went south because in my viewpoint, Really be careful. <laughs> it, I, just, I, I know I'm safe, but the podcast goes out. <laughs> In my viewpoint, his the what he taught me, he really didn't follow, and 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 our relationship went south. And it's not because of rebellion on my end. I served for 20 years, and I gave him my life, gave him my life, I gave him my time, my resources, I gave him money. I gave him everything. He poured into me a lot, but it went south because of one thing, aggrandizement. Every one of you here either are or will father, but you can't father until you know how to be a son. And it's just so hard because we're experiencing the same thing in the natural when, when we have kids having kids. And fatherlessness becomes the biggest epidemic that we face here in this land. We don't have a drug problem. We don't have a pregnancy problem. We have a fatherless problem. We don't have a prostitution problem. We don't have, listen, we don't even have a sin problem. We have a fatherless problem. Well, because the father is not taking his place. And, and what I mean by fathers, I also include mother. I just need you to understand that. The last prophecy spoken through Malachi that started a 400 year of silence, and it was the pivotal and the transitional prophecy, was that the God was going to restore the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the hearts of the children back to the fathers. And, I'll, and listen, I know I'm preaching to a, a room full of preachers, and every one of you have heard messages about that. You preached about that. But I'm here to submit to you. That unless we go back to that pivotal point and, 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 and focus and begin to function in our ministries with a mindset or a paradigm of fatherhood, we will not be able to build the kingdom how we should. Because the kingdom is built in three different ways. The first one, it's on the screen. The, the kingdom is built by revelation, and we know that. 
everything in your life must become a revelation. You'll never experience healing in your life until healing becomes a revelation. You, you'll never experience prosperity until prosperity becomes a revelation. We know that. As a matter of fact, your salvation is a revelation of the cross and of the gospel in your life. So nothing in your life becomes reality until it becomes a revelation. I, th I think Bill Johnson tweeted. Uh, I was on the way up here. I was just scrolling to my tweets, and Bill Johnson tweeted, uh, I think it was, studying the Bible without a Bible experience is pointless. And so everything has to become a revelation. In other words, you, you have to not just wrap your mind around it. You've got to wrap your spirit around it. And so, so everything that you study must become a revelation. Listen to me, young ministers. Listen to me. You can get all this information. You can preach it really good. But I'm going to tell you, God will do things in your life. He'll put hell in your life until you get what you're preaching and begin to get a revelation of it. You've got to get a revelation of it. And God has a way of causing you to get a revelation of what you actually know. So he builds the church by revelation. He tells Peter at Caesarea Philippi, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but it was revealed to you by my spirit, by the, spirit, or by, by the Father in heaven. And on that revelation, I will build my church. The church is built on revelation. Secondly, the church is built by relationship. Now, we know that the church is built by revelation, but this is even less popular that the church is built by relationship. And I'm not just talking about the relationships that you have with your congregants or your constituents. I'm talking about the revelation that you have with your peers. And, of course, main and foremost is the relationship you have with God, with your father. Listen, unless you are getting some pour up and pour down this way, you'll never go be able to be successful this way. And we know that, and this is basic stuff. But you need to understand that if you're not connecting in relationship with your father, you will not connect in anything else in your ministry. The church is built by relationship with one another. That's why, listen, I learned this a long time ago. The anointing flows out of relationship. Everything that who you, what you are and who you are and the anointing that you carry will only be released by the relationships that you have in your life. So is it important that you steward those relationships? Yes. Is it important that you care or watch out who is connected to you? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I have to be careful with Pat. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? My bad. My, I don't know. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 6, just to make it legal. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting joint ligament grows and builds itself up in love. The church is built by relationship. Thirdly, and the most importantly, and yet less popular, the church is built by, by generation or generationally. And that's what's not preached. Because we're not building the kingdom through generation. As Pastor Sawyer said, we are recreating the wheel over and over again because there is not a passing of the baton. Folks, let me, if I can explain the apostolic to you in one sentence, it's passing on from one generation to the next. That is the apostolic because only apostles know how to do that. They know how to, they pass on from one generation to the next. 
and they to themselves become misfits. See, a true, a true apostle doesn't have his picture in Charisma magazine. A true apostle is not the one with the hottest conferences on TBN and on Daystar. Right now, they're just hot. Right now, they're just the, the, they're just the flash. But a true apostle, the older he gets, the more he diminishes, so those that, are, that, that are, 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 are birthed by him will begin to increase. And that's where most older, if I can say older, because I've studied these and I'm experiencing it in my own life, even though I'm only 44 years old. I've realized i got sons now that have their own churches. And I must decrease so they can increase. The first apostolic move that occurred in the New Testament was John the Baptist. When he had to quit doing what he was doing, yet pass on the anointing and the baton to Jesus. That's apostolic because the church is built generationally. And so we become students of, 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 of the movements, students of revival. And we know that we, as we study, we know that movements begin and movements end. But I'm here, again, to let you know that I believe there should only been one movement. If, if Azusa began in 1903, it should have never ended. The voice of healing should have never ended. Because it has to be passed down. But what happens is it ends at certain people because they don't recognize that the kingdom must be built generationally. So as you're building his kingdom or maybe your kingdom for now, the way you build the kingdom generationally is that even while you're small, you already have a plan of how you're going to leave a successor. And no one does that because we got to get nickels and noses at a high level. we got to get our name out there, and then we're going to have to get to 10,000 Twitter followers. And we're going to have to get our platform out there because I want to make a name for myself so I can pour into people. Yes, that might be true. But what are you doing when you're done? What will you do? Would it end there? Heart of a father builds generationally. I got to roll. I got to roll. You guys getting anything? You know, that vision you got about the syringe, uh, I got up earlier. Uh, it was a syringe on the, on the ground. It was, oh, it was a real syringe. You didn't pick it up, right? You licked it. <laughs> no wonder. I got up at 4 o'clock this morning, and, and, and the Holy Spirit said to me that he was going to, watch this, he was, he was going to inject into people a new, uh, it was almost like an antibody that would begin to change your paradigm of how you view the kingdom. It, it, it starts with an injection. It's just slight injection. You, you, might not, you, you might not feel any different, but if we can just get your thinking and just tweak it just a little bit, if, I can, if we can just teach you how to think legacy, how to not think, think big, but think long. Think long, not big. It's so easy. It's so tempting to think big. But are, you, are we really thinking long? It's not 
the people on your seats, but yet it should be the sons and daughters around you. We don't think long. Malachi 4.5, let me read it again. Malachi 4.5 is on the screen. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that the great and that's dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. I heard this yesterday during the session. I heard the Holy Spirit, Pat, I, I, I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, these conferences are crucial because especially after November, the way the body of Christ, especially the way the apostolic charismatic, Pentecostal, full gospel camps, the way they are going to function is going to change. We have to start thinking more culturally and thinking more generationally because the way we do church after November is going to change. It's going to change. The curse of total destruction without being a Negative prophet? We haven't seen it yet. But as the church, if we think fathers and sons, and if we think generationally, then what God is doing here will not get weaker. It'll get stronger. It'll get stronger. God thinks in generational terms. God's glory doesn't come to a city in a cloud, but rather that God's glory comes through earthen vessels. God identifies himself always generationally. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God of Moses. I am the God of Joshua. I am the God of Elijah and Elisha. He is a generational God. Write this down, skip that next scripture, write this down. There is no success without a successor. We know that, we've seen that, just about every leadership guru has it. Works in business, but I'm telling you, this is kingdom. Our success is not whether we're able to buy that piece of property and build this massive building, and maybe when we die, get our name put in the, on the Christian school. Our success is always defined in those that we leave as successors. Robert Clinton, and if y'all studied them, studied him, excuse me, he spent 35 years studying 1,500 biblical and post-biblical leaders, and he found out that less than 500 of them finished well. Less than 500 of them, less than one-third finished well. George Barna says that the majority of the ministries in North America end with less glory than when they began. This city alone, in this region here in Texas, throughout the 80s and 90s, we've seen big ones come up and big ones come crashing down. Why? Because we're not thinking generationally. We don't understand the apostolic. We don't understand what it means to pass the baton. And 
for young ministers, I'm telling you, that is the furthest thing from your mind. Because right now, if you're an evangelist, it's the next gig. Right now, if you're a young minister, it's your next job. You want a job in the ministry? Come with me to Miami. Help me plan a church in Miami. Help. I'm yelling. I'm crying out for help. The only church that broke 10,000 is Guillermo Molinaro's church in South Bay. Is Patty here? Patty's from there, right? Where's Patty? Patty, Patty. No, Patty. She'll be here in just a few minutes. It's the only church. From, and when they did, I rejoiced because a ceiling was broken over Dade County. But there's no other church that's over 10. There's, maybe, there's, there's, there's less than five that have broken 2,500. How many people do you have in Dade County? Well, if you count the illegals, we have about 4,500, 4,5 million, 4 million. Registered in the state, there's only 1,200 churches. And most of them are less than 50 members. We have to do our midweek services. We got to do them. Anything midweek, we got to do them at eight o'clock, because everything starts late. Because if you're going to go, because if you're going to go to work, you have to. You get stuck in traffic for an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. So everything starts late, and then everybody stays up late, and then and then they party all night, and then they. It's crazy. It's insane. I got thirty-three nations in my church represented. But yet, the churches in Dade County, there may be five that are multicultural. When I mean multicultural, they have to have at least, at least, at least 15 nations represented. My heart bleeds for my city. It bleeds for my city. Young ministers, listen to me. I know all you're thinking about right now is how can I succeed where I'm at? But I need you to think generationally here. I believe that you will succeed to a greater, in a greater way if you start thinking generation. I believe that Pat Shastline would, have not, would not be able to do what he's doing if it wasn't for the Forerunner School of Ministry. If it wasn't for his, his ability to recognize the kingdom build being built generationally. The New Testament apostles were fathers. And anytime I use the word fathers, I want to add the word foundation. Ephesians 2.20, the church is built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. The church is built on the foundation of revelation... And the church is built on the foundation of generation. And when these two are in relationship, then you got the three pillars that build the church. Revelation, relationship, and generation. And apostles and prophets are not founded. I'm not sure. Were you able to get that up there? Oh, awesome. You guys rock. We look at the apostolic and how we look at ministry is that we are on the top of the pyramid. And everybody under us serves our vision. And we get taught that way. We hire people under us that can serve our vision. 
and we're in the top of the pyramid. We make the decisions, and it's trickle-down revelation. And that is not Bible. That is not how the apostolic is supposed to be. The apostolic is, 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 is the opposite. The apostolic, we are the foundation where we push everybody up. Everybody has to be better than us. And we push them up and we get them to the next level. We push others higher. I know what you're thinking, well, I'm not an apostle. You might not be an apostle, but your thinking has to be apostolic if you're going to succeed. Now, I'm not having you shout right now because I really, I want to offend you a little bit. Because it could be that you're not getting the results that you're getting because your paradigm is wrong. No one ever compliments the foundation of a house. When I came into Trinity and I saw the building, I said, Dad, we ain't got these buildings in Miami. Then I saw the land in Texas. I'm thinking, Texas is big. I'm landlocked in Miami. I looked it up last night. Cindy Jacobs prophesied and said, you, the land. I'm thinking, what land? <laughs> Fight the alligators, huh? <laughs> and, and, and so last night, I'm on my phone at about 12 midnight, and I'm looking at, at this app that has all the properties that are available, commercial properties in Dade County. And I said, God, are they, is the prices ever going to go down? The cheapest one I found was $2.6 million an acre. Yes. Praise the Lord. When I travel, Pat, I, 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 tell you, I get upset with some of these guys. In, in, in my heart, I get upset. Um, um, and and they're, they're, Pastor Manny, pray for me. I've got this property. It's got 10 acres. Really? Man, how much? Man, $100,000 for 10 acres. I want to I, I grab their head. <laughs> Put some MIA 305 on them, man. Jeez. But faith, is, faith comes at different levels. People with the heart of a father are not looking for prominence. If you have a heart of a father, you're not looking for prominence. So if you're looking for prominence now, understand that, that, that you're not in the apostolic. You, 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 you're not thinking apostolic. You're not thinking kingdom. People with the heart of a father, with the DNA of a father... They're not interested in being seen. They're interested in being stable. Why? Because you've got to finish well. That's the story. You've got to finish well. If you're going to give glory to God, you've got to finish. I'm, I'm wanting to see the people that I'm connected with. I'm wanting, I'm wanting them just to fade out well. Where all their sons and daughters can point at back down at them and say, if it wasn't for them. But I haven't seen it. I ain't seen it much. In this four-year hub that I experienced, God connected me prophetically through Cindy Jacobs. And I told God, I said, you know what? You know, if you're going to have to send somebody that's well-tested and, and you know, in the prophetic to, to, for me to do anything. It took Cindy Jacobs to prophesy to me that Jim Hennessy and Becky Hennessy are the voices and 
my life and he's and the father in my life so from that day last november i honor this man he's back there in the back the father of this house he's an apostle in his own right and god has just began to use him stability stability say it with me stability i gotta finish i gotta hurry I'm Hispanic, I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> There's a difference between a progenitor and a father. We know that. A progenitor is the one who produces the seed. Every one of you have seed. M women and men, spiritually, you have seed. You will produce seed. And you will produce sons. I just pray that they're not bastard children. The, the kingdom is built by relationship. So it's going to be proper relationship. You can't give birth to bastards. You can't give birth to Ishmael's. I said another sermon, I can't go there. The heart of a father goes even beyond the heart of a mentor. Because it requires relationship. What's the difference between a mentor and a father? Well, relationship. I got mentors in my life that I don't know from Adam. Personally, I don't know, but they pour into my life. And I honor them by, by just basically doing the very things that I've learned from them. But, but a heart of a father goes beyond of a mentor because it requires it requires emotion. It requires a little blood. It requires a little sweat, a little stink. It just requires work. And if you don't have a father in your life, I suggest you begin to pray for one. If you're not fathering, I suggest that you quit laying your seed where it's not. Quit giving birth to illegitimate children and them having them become orphans. Because this ministry, the kingdom in the United States is full of orphans. That's what we're doing at our network that we've just been launched this past week. God put a desire in my heart to, I walk and I touch and I, I'm, I'm around orphan ministries. People who have either been hurt or, or, or God's got a gift on their life and they're not doing anything. They're not connected with anybody. They're, they're recreating the wheel and, and struggling in cities. No one to support, no one to care for them, no one to speak prophetically in their lives. I was talking to Lisa Swayze. Lisa, powerful woman of God. But she told me yesterday when she first got saved, and she was in the prophetic, she had no one to teach her. No one taught her. Hurry, hurry, man, hurry. Yeah. Write this down real quick. A true father cannot export what he hasn't already imported. You cannot export what you have not already imported. And that's why the kingdom is built by revelation. You can only... High five? All right, high five. That's five minutes. Pat, I'm going to kill you. Man. We're priesthood, right? Are we priesthood? Yes or no? Say yes, maybe. You understand the whole concept of priesthood? Or should, we're not going to teach that. We are priests, right? Since we are priests, then we know this. Watch this. I saw this the other day, and it, it hit me. In the Mosaic Tabernacle, you cannot be a priest if you were not a son of a priest. I don't think he caught that. You can't be a priest until you're a son of a priest. Only sons of priests can be priests. Are you breathing? I know what you're thinking. Well, yeah, God is my father, and Jesus is my father. No, 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 no. Yes, all these guys, the sons of Aaron, and the generation of Aaron, they were sons of the father, but they were physically and biologically sons of 
physical priest. And I believe the same principle bleeds over into the New Testament in a spiritual way. You can't do what you do in a priesthood way unless you were son of another priest. Well, how do you start this way, Pastor Manny? I suggest you submit under one. You have to have the Father in your life in order for you to serve in the holy place. Elijah cried out, my father, my father, and received a double portion of anointing. Jesus never began his ministry unless he was first validated by his father. Are you getting this? The validation that this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Boom. At that moment in time, listen to me, a validation occurred. That, therefore, Jesus' ministry began to blossom. I got four, two and a half minutes, and I'm going to do this record time. There is overage, right? You're still voicing this life, right? Okay, then I'm, I'm going to follow yours right now. <laughs> no, no. Real quick, real quick. I need you to grab this real quick, okay? I, 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 just, I just think it's important. It's part of the injection that you need, right? He saw the syringe while he's walking, not jogging, and then and you're walking, right? Crawling. If I told people I was, I was jogging, people look at me, you lie. You don't jog. No, I'm just teasing. Real quick, the heart of a father, the heart of a father. Put that up there. The heart of a father, number one, he sees sons as assets. If your father is not looking at you as an asset, then he's not a father. A true father will never use people for his own advantage. Will never use people for his own advantage. Gosh, gosh. Listen, I struggled for about five years as God was using me prophetically and in, in, in demonstration as a young, in my early 20s. And I was under my spiritual father. And, and I felt just crammed in. And he wasn't releasing me and giving me the responsibility that I needed. So one day I went to go pick up a bishop. His name was Bishop Donald Wright. Maybe some of y'all know them or don't know him. And I'm in the airport and, I'm pick, and I, I decided I'm going I'm to complain about my pastor to this speaker. I'm going to let him know how God is using me powerfully. And I went, this is what God's doing in my life. Cancer is disappearing. And, and people are getting healed. And I'm getting asked to preach in all these churches. And he, he just never, never even acknowledges me. And he looked at me. He's this cool black man. He's got a little gold tooth right here. He said, man, you just hanging. What? Yeah, you hanging. I said, what am I hanging? Hanging. He goes, yeah, man, you hanging. You know what hanging means? Now, ladies, I don't want to get gross, but if you could, allow me to explain this real quickly. He said, I'm, I just ended right here. I, I didn't even bother going with the heart of a father, heart of a son. Let me end it here. He said to me, you're hanging. So I had to ask him, what do you mean, sir? He said, you know, like a bull. Dragging the ground. What? He goes, yeah. So what do you mean? He said, see, your father, he's your father because he's allowing you to grow, but he's not castrating you and making you a eunuch so you can serve him. He's letting you hang. 
or your biggest temptation is while you're hanging is that you want to put your seed in areas in your life that you're not supposed to and that's what he's stopping so your frustration comes from your hanging and your desire to put your seed and connect with relationships in ministry that you're not supposed to I said wow I'm hanging. So he told me, he said, what you need to do is wait for the opportune time and God will provide that place of release when a baton will be passed to you. And then you can put your seed and continue doing what he's done in you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm done here. There's no music or anything, so I'm just going to keep going. Um, let me see if I can. Some of you are hanging. You're hanging low. Some of you have put your seed out everywhere. You're birthing illegitimate things in your life, situations and circumstances and issues. Ministry has been more of a drama than anything. You're wanting to succeed, and you think succeeding is, is dropping your seed where, wherever you are. No, what you need is a father that can hold you and say, this is not the time. Let me form you first. When it's time, I'll release that in you. That's what a father does. Not even bother getting into what a son's, the heart of a son, all this, I'm, I'm out of time. I want you to receive that today. Lift up your hands. Father, I speak over those that are here today. Lord, I speak in them an ability to father and an ability to be a son. Regardless of the age and regardless of what they've done in ministry, regardless of their accolades. Father, I ask you, Lord, that you inject in them the paradigm, the understanding, the revelation of relationships that flourish generationally. Father, I ask you now in the name of Jesus that that begins to roll over in their spirit. Let them recognize that the issues in their life are connected to fatherlessness. And may they pursue it. Father, many of them are hanging, Lord. They're hanging. May they hold their seed for that kairos moment where they're no longer are subject to tutors and teachers. But they are appointed and released by a father and validated in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this word would sit in your spirit and transform you. For more information or to become a covenant partner with Mercy Seat Ministries and Evangelist Pat Karen Chatsline, you can log on to www.mercyseatministries.com.